Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Ever felt judged at the gym? You don't know how to use the leg curl machine? At Planet Fitness, get energy without the judgment. Join the judgment-free zone today during the big fitness energy sale for 24 cents down, $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, January 12th. See Home Club for details. We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Red and Buried podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Sarah. And here we are. I'm going to apologise in advance if I've got a little bit of a, a croak, a little bit of soreness to my throat because I tested positive for COVID finally. Here we are. If you're like, I think one of the very few people left that I knew that hadn't had it and you finally succumbed. Yep, I really did put up a good fight for at least two and a bit years. And there was a point last week where I was genuinely saying to to my husband, I wonder if my blood's the cure for COVID. <laughs> like, I wonder if I'm the key. You know, like in Buffy, how Dawn was the key. Yeah, yeah. I'm the key. And then it turns out I'm not the key. Um, and I have normal rubbish blood like everyone else. And I'm not stronger or better than anyone. I think I just forgot that I didn't do anything for two years. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> that's why I didn't get it before now. So, um, yeah, but luckily not feeling too bad. Just a bit a bit of a sore throat. So I apologize in advance if my if my vocals aren't on top not. <laughs> performance standards as you're all you've all come to expect from me of course um but how are you Sarah I'm good thank you I am covid free oh rubbing it in my face why don't you I mean yeah mostly because I had it like two months ago so okay we win the race yeah Um, I, I guess so yeah but yeah no I am good thank you and I really enjoyed this month's um theme yes it was an interesting one I'm so intrigued I'm so intrigued by what you've picked. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're going to reveal all shortly, so I can Mm -hmm. say a little bit more now. I actually picked a very popular one and I did then think, should I have gone for something a bit more niche? But I chose a case that fascinated me. So there we go. Interesting, because I've chosen a big one. Oh, I wonder if it's the same one. Well, I guess we'll see. Shall we get get down to business and I'll reveal? So I'm going to go first. Yes. And I'm going to reveal the book that I read is, drum roll, jazz, uh, Green River Running Red. That's not the one I chose. Ah. So we're okay. Just just to remind people that are listening, sorry, we've gone straight in with the title. So the theme theme this month was an Anne Rule book, so true crime, but not... The Stranger Beside Me, which is her big book that broke her, you know, broke the world of true crime fiction, not fiction, non-fiction, true crime fiction. I just said that's not a sentence. Yeah, that's oxymoron. I don't know. It's the same you, words. You try. Well, actually, though, it's interesting you describe it like that, because one of the things I really like about Anne Rule's books are the fact that they do almost feel like fiction because she's such a good storyteller. Yes, that is true. She is very much in the detail and the characters and the people um, as focus. So that is a good point. You're right, Sarah. I was right. Well done me. I'm a genius. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So yeah, I, as I said, I chose Green River Running Red, the story of America's deadliest serial killer, which for those who won't guess from the title who this is about, this is about Gary Ridgway, who is more popularly known as the Green River Killer. 
terrible man. Terrible man and, you know, insane how long he got away with it for, for the longest Mm. time. Yeah, shall we just get into it? Yes, tell us about it. Well, I'll start off with a bit of background for those that don't know much about the Green River Killer. um, Because although he has a huge body count, I would say he's not one that's really kind of spoken about all that much really in the true crime world i think it's because Mm. one he's a bit of a just a bit of a nothing human there wasn't like he had no charisma or anything you know like arguably ted bundy was very charismatic yeah Um, and there was nothing especially kind of creepy or kind of he didn't really was not as gimmicky as like a john wayne gacy type Mm. you know um so or jeffrey Dahmer. so i think that's one of the reasons why he doesn't really People aren't clamoring to talk about him so much, especially these days. But he does have one of the biggest um, number of victims. I think according to, I double checked, because obviously this book was published in, I think, 2001 mm-hmm. um, or 2002. Um, and since then, obviously, you know, lots of lots changed in the true crime world, a lot more technology, and they're uncovering new victims of loads of killers all the time. So I, did, I went onto Wikipedia to just double check um, and he is th- he is the second most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. Wow, who's the most prolific out of interest? Now I believe that that is I've forgotten the guy's name. I think he was a oh I, I should have looked this up. I believe there was a, a, somebody who's just actually come out recently. I forget his name, but apparently he was the guy who was burying bodies in plant pots. But that might have been Canada actually. Now that I think about it, oh the pig farmer in Canada. Not the pig farmer. That's Robert Pink. Oh, Pink yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, no, not him. Another one. It's quite a recent one. His crimes just came out. And uh, he's the one that's been drawing pictures of his victims. I've just Googled. Was it Samuel Little? That's the one, Samuel Little. Interesting. I think it's him. But um, I think they're still processing a lot of his victims because it's still quite new that he got caught. Jesus. Mm. But anyway, this isn't his episode. He can piss off. Yeah. This is all about Gary. I mean, even giving him credit for anything is. Yeah. But so Gary Ridgway, he um, basically his crime spanned from 1982 to 1998, but he wasn't caught until November of 2001. Wow. So, yeah, he had a good run of freedom before he finally got caught, convicted of 49 killings. Wow. But he actually confessed to 71 in total. And and sadly, you know, obviously they're all victims. They were all allegedly sex workers, which is why they were obviously in a very vulnerable position that he was able to pick up sex workers and and kill them the way that he did for such a long time. Well, it's interesting and depressing that that's also probably a big reason about why he's not more widely talked about as well. Very true. That's the thing. I think a lot of the time, particularly in that period in history, sex workers were seen as not really worth talking about or thinking about as humans which is obviously disgusting and outrageous and luckily we're we're waking up to it as a society but we still do have a long way to go on that the reason why he he got got me not to jump to the end but basically he got caught because he was still picking up sex workers but he wasn't killing them later in life um and they did they ran dna testing on him so it's quite unusual too isn't it that normally killers escalate over time they Mm. don't de-escalate well apparently so i also as well as reading the book i also listened up to one of my favorite podcasts on their episode on him because it's been a while since i'd heard their episode Mm. um and they were saying that he fell in love oh he's so in love but still not in love enough to stop using sex workers yeah in love enough to not murder them so okay 
He's a romantic, is what I'm saying. Yeah, what a man. What a dreamy man. Um, also, another thing about Gary Ridgway that he's kind of notorious for is that he had an IQ in the low 80s. Oh. Mm, not the brightest spark out there, necessarily. Although, you know, you'd argue that he can't be that that stupid if he's gotten away with murder for as long as he well, did. yeah. But clearly a bit of a dum-dum all around, um, mm. you know. And there are lo- plenty of people in the world that have low IQs that don't commit heinous crimes. So I'm not going to give too much to that. Mm. But um, it is, you know, from doing the reading and learning about Gary Ridgway a bit more, he had the kind of classic serial killer kind of beginning where his he had a very, they say domineering mother a lot of the time. But it's more than that. She wasn't just like quite, you know, organized and bossy. <laughs> which domineering can mean it was more things like he had a chronic bedwetting problem and she would wash his penis every time he wet the bed quite aggressively wow yeah and his father i think was a bit kind of downtrodden by the wife and i think he also apparently was a um, a bus driver but apparently he complained a lot about sex workers um around the house to gary and things like that so people say maybe that's where it came from but who really knows i think he's just a piece of a horrible piece of shit basically yeah but now to talk a bit more about the book specifically so this is her 23rd book and she described it as the most horrifying of all her books in her long career as a true crime writer so that's a bold one and i guess considering the scale of the the amount of murders committed that kind of tracks one thing that I thought was quite interesting about this book, I, I, you know, overall I enjoyed it, but there are a few points that I've kind of pulled out, maybe being a little bit hard on her, but she kind of starts off the book the right in the beginning by saying that she implying she has a loose connection to him again. And I wonder if this came from her or if this was a pressure from her publisher to be like, look, you had that thing with, with Ted Bundy, obviously yeah. he was trying to sign me. Can we kind of cr- shoehorn in that you had a bit of a connection? And the only kind of connection that I could really tell was that they lived in the same sort of area. Mm. And they and it's apparently he attended a book signing of hers once. Right, okay. And she she lived quite close to some of the victims and so, yeah, it's it kind of felt a bit tenuous. It seems actually she had a closer connection to the police force that was investigating the crimes because obviously she has a, a police background herself and she was very close. She used to do a lot of crime reporting for newspapers and things back in the day. So I, yeah. think, I think maybe she tried to amp that up a little bit. Okay, yeah. And I kind of felt like at times her focus on her relationships with the police task force was a little heavy, like to the point where like talking about some of them retiring and talking about some of the details, which I don't know if necessarily anybody really cares about when you're reading a true crime book. I kind of just want to know about what happened. But one thing that I will say about it with all animal books that I've read, there is a heavy focus on the victims and you know she it's victims first and identifying them as people and very much focusing on them rather than you know like glorifying or giving too much to to the serial killer alone if that makes sense yeah definitely and that she was good at that i will say that not all of the victims received the same kind of close treatment in the book but i guess realistically there are so many like she couldn't yeah do that for all of them it would feel a little bit too heavy 
yeah, I thought it was interesting. She talked about basically she she decided to write this book because she saw a uh, a clipping in a local newspaper about two young boys finding the body of what who turned out to be one of his victims. Her name was Wendy Lee Caulfield under a bridge in Kent, Washington, which is really close to where she lived. So that piqued her interest and she kept the clipping Mm. um, and decided to do a deeper dive into the book. Um, I would say obviously Anne rule books, as we know, are always incredibly dense and well-researched. Um, she, you know, definitely spends a lot of time with the friends and families of these people. And she definitely focuses a heavy focus on humanizing the victims, particularly with, you know, obviously with a lot of them being sex workers. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's extra important that she did that because as at the time, it's a lot um, where the kind of common mindset was sex workers aren't really people. We don't need to worry about them. Yeah, they're choosing to put themselves at risk. Exactly. And even um, from what I've, um, you know, from listening to various things, Gary Ridgway's response when he kind of got caught was, guys, I was basically doing you a favour, yeah? I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, cleaning up the streets, that kind of approach, which is, I guess, you know, considering as well that Gary Ridgway was, he considered himself to be a Christian and very (laughs) much a devout Christian. And, you know, and there's, you know, obviously, if you read the Old Testament, there's a lot of scripture that you could twist to be like, yeah, you know, it's fine to kill sex workers. Then, yeah, he it's a little bit, a little bit muddy. Obviously, in his mind, he thought he was doing right. But I think you can also justify anything to yourself if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah. So not a nice man. No. To say the least. No. But an interesting read by the sounds of it. It was an interesting read, absolutely. And I think like particularly towards like the latter part of the book where it's more about closing in on him and how they caught him and that kind of thing, it, the, the tension kind of built up a lot. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect. I think overall, it's not the my favourite of her books that I've read. Mm. Obviously, you know, The Stranger Beside Me was, you can't really beat it, I don't yeah. think. no. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did feel like the shoehorning of her connection to him felt a little bit tenuous at times. And, you know, she, she says things like she was sometimes so close that I could have reached out and touched him. Yeah. It, yeah. It does feel like she's playing it up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Because obviously yeah, he attended a book signing, but she doesn't know how close realistically she got to him. You know, that's a lot of of fantasizing or you know fantastical kind of detail to make it sound like she was a lot more involved than she was which I understand why she did it like I say you know obviously worked very well her connection to Ted Bundy for The Stranger Beside Me so maybe it was her maybe it was the publisher being like let's see if we can work this angle a bit more um, and get some get some goods out of it but yeah overall it was a solid read I'd say it wasn't my favorite of her books so I'm going to give it a three tombstones so I enjoyed it again if you don't know much about um Gary Ridgway uh you know read up on it absolutely and it's a good book to to learn more about it the thing I find mad still is that he's still alive which Mm. you always think as well that so many of these old cases are so old that they're so beyond our history but he only got caught in 2001 yeah I mean that's insane in itself that he managed to operate for so many years yeah completely and you know you often think with with the big serial killers are mainly from the 70s and things but actually it wasn't that long ago you know yeah so it's yeah I mean obviously we'll still when I say not long ago granted it was 21 years ago he got caught which oh god I know this is the problem when you actually do maths around years you realize actually we are old and I've forgotten that a 21 year old child now exists from the time that that happened oh, oh uh, no yeah grown adults so that's depressing all round 
Yeah, I'm not saying that, that we're. I'm not saying we're the real victims in all of this, <laughs> but maybe we are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah in conclusion, Gary Redray's a dick, but Anne Rule, as always, is you know the queen of true crime, and she still is. But it's just wasn't my favourite of her books. Mm. No, I think that's fair. Thanks, thanks very much. So now I can sit back and listen to you tell me what your book was. Yes, you can relax. Ugh. So, like I said, I picked a book because the case interested me and I mm. kind of knew about it. But obviously you get way, way more detail from reading an Anne Rule book in particular. Sure. So I read Small Sacrifices. Oh, OK. Oh. So it was written in 1987. It was actually her fifth book. It's quite oh. an old one, obviously. And the book is about uh, Diane Downs who um basically she shot her children oh god i remember this one. Oh god yeah yeah so yeah basically she pulled up at hospital with her three kids in the car all of them had been shot she'd been shot in the arm and she said that she'd been carjacked on a rural road by a strange man who shot them all Oh, um, and she managed to drive to hospital so one of her daughters died um and two others survived but were very very badly injured Oof. Red flags were raised immediately at the hospital about how she was acting, basically. Mm -hmm. She was very, very calm, um, said some odd things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Sarah, it must be quite stressful having just shot your kids. So, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think she immediately phoned the man that she was, I say, having an affair with. Um, I think she was basically stalking him, a married co-worker. Great. Yeah, exactly. He had the most amazing name. So actually in the book, and I don't know why this is, I assume for Anna, Anna Mina to be anonymous. Anne <laughs> <Perfect>. Rule <laughs> um, gave him a different name, but his name is out there. So hmm. it's, yeah, anyway, Anne called him Lou Lewiston, um, but his actual name was Robert Knickerbocker. Wow. Which is like the best surname ever. Do you think maybe she thought no one's going to believe this is a real name? Well, yeah, that could have been it, to be fair. But Lou Lewiston is also a bit of an odd name. That is an odd one. But you know what? I can kind of understand her being interested in him because who wouldn't want the surname Knickerbocker if you could marry that? Exactly. Hmm. So, yeah, the the book was around this um, and obviously around the police investigation. Um, It took a while for them to arrest her because they were obviously investigating. And actually, most of the trial hung off the testimony of her surviving daughter. Oh, God. How old is she? No, I I can't actually remember. Young, presumably. Young. Yes, young. So she was convicted. She was diagnosed as a sociopath. Um, They believe that she is fully sane, but has a multitude of personality disorders. Wow. Um, She's never actually admitted what she did. And she's (laughs) gone for parole three times now and thankfully been turned down every time. Yeah, good, good. And actually, I think last time they said that she couldn't apply again as quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say that says quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. She also escaped from prison for 10 days at one point. Yeah. Massive manhunt and she was eventually caught. Well, I wonder why they wouldn't give her parole. (laughs) Yeah, weird weird that. She got an extra five years, I think, on her sentence, which doesn't seem much for a prison escape. But what do I know? Well, back in the day, sorry to, to, to pause for a second, but I, th- I believe back in the day, the really olden days, way before this, it was kind of, if you escaped from prison, they were kind of like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and Good work. I don't think it was like illegal. I don't think you could get penalised for it. I think they kind of just assumed you would try and escape. So they were like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I may have totally got that wrong, but I seem to recall listening to a podcast. And they talked about that. 
if I'm wrong, please don't correct me. I don't want to know. I want to stand them right. Thank you. Interesting. Must have been pre 80s, clearly, or yes. 90s, I'm yes. guessing. Yeah, so the book, like most of Anne Rule's books, um, it sort of documented all these accounts. She spoke to friends, acquaintances, neighbours, um, mm. and also her surviving daughter, Christy, as well, uh, oh, contributed wow. towards the book. She did try to get Diane Downs to um, input into the book as well. And she exchanged several letters with her. Uh, but ultimately, she wasn't interested, I'm assuming, because she never admitted what she'd done and didn't really want to get into all of that. Yeah, it would be hard because how, how do you comment without being like, if, do like, uh, what's his face? OJ Simpson, if I did it. Yes. Here's what I would have done. <laughs> that book is amazing. Insane. And Absolutely depressing. That shit crazy. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. No, seriously. We should do we should do an episode about that at some point. Yeah, definitely. Plenty to say on that one. Hmm. So yeah, I mean the book was really good in that obviously Anne Rule's books were always quite dense mm. because there's so much research and background, uh, all that that goes into it. She's very good, I think, at making you understand why the killer inverted commas got to the point they did without kind of being sympathetic to the crimes they did yes they did that's terrible english yeah she (laughs) does absolutely um kind of builds up this whole picture so you know she sort of showed that diane had an awful childhood Mm. um sexually abused didn't have any friends she's very lonely what was interesting is when i was doing research around the book i read someone's review and thought actually yeah that's a really good point of all of this, though, hangs on what Diane has said herself. Mm-hmm. And she's a sociopath. Yeah. You, can you really trust her? And her, her dad, actually, who has been accused of the sexual assault, and I'm not saying don't believe sure. people when they, you know. Um, but he is vocally one of Diane's biggest supporters and is still campaigning to try and get her released from prison. Wow. Yeah. It, it, she's one of these ones where there's actually a, kind of quite a big group, I think, of people that don't believe she's guilty and support her and very odd because it seems absolutely bizarre yeah. I mean reading the book and reading other information it seems bizarre to think that anyone could go oh yeah no she probably didn't do it yeah just give her the benefit of the doubt yeah so did forgive my ignorance did she say that her dad was the one that abused her mm. mm-hmm. oh wow and he's still backing her up yeah Wow, that's a bold thing. And that's really interesting because that's what Casey Anthony did, didn't she? Yes. She said her dad abused her for years. Yeah. Wow, what an interesting, uh, what a very understanding parent if he didn't do it. Yeah, all very odd and obviously we'll never know what the actual story is. Um, But yes, what was interesting is um, Anne includes... Uh, bits of the letters that Diane Downs sent her from prison right um and she kind of she takes a lot of the the background stuff and the childhood information as fact okay whereas other parts of the letter about the crime or, or you know current the current situation is very easily disproven mm. which she acknowledges in the books it does kind of make you go why do you believe her yeah so yes just interesting um mm. I really enjoyed the book. Like I said, the case is fascinating. I did think it was maybe a little bit long. I feel that with a lot of her books, to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was like you saying, all the kind of information about people who are massively peripheral to the case. Yes, yes. And you're like, I get that you're trying to draw us in and mm. 
you know, include everything and anything, but actually I, I don't care about some of it yeah. and it makes it a bit of a slog sometimes. Absolutely. I feel like editing would be her friend, you know, someone yeah. could go in there and be like, I love that you want to include every person in this. I don't know if you need to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long your book was. Um, pages. It's um, She always uses a very small font. Yes. As well. I'll say that about Anne Rule books because they're old. Yeah. Oh my God, do we not even number pages? Okay, here we go. Mine is... This is fun, isn't it, for everyone? <laughs> pages. 661 pages. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mine was 528. Apparently, yep. I read it on Kindle and it did not need to be that many pages. Yeah. I'm sorry, Anne. I mean, Anne's dead. She doesn't care. Well, RIP, Anne, wherever you are. Yes. An amazing woman. And this, there's no excuse for, for not editing better. <laughs> no. But I suppose we can't blame her for that. We can blame the editors, the publishing company. I kind of see it as well with particularly with you know she is such a huge name in mm. true crime and I kind of feel like when you reach a certain point you don't really get edited like I always think that about Quentin Tarantino like he his films get longer and longer and no <laughs> one edits him because they're like it's Quentin Tarantino we can't edit him yeah because he's a genius or whatever so I think after a while you're a victim of your own success and people are like yeah yeah whatever you think Anne is fine mm. but actually it wouldn't have lost anything by cutting certain details out perhaps no i would agree um interestingly there is a tv movie that was made of this book starring farrah fawcett no way yeah so i am going to watch that i think maybe this weekend um i'm gonna get on that because i can only imagine i love those like hallmark movies in the uk channel five daytime trashy films so i think this will be amazing so i will definitely watch that i'm so gutted i've got covid because i would definitely invite myself around to watch that with you oh you can watch it virtually with me i'll track it down yes please oh and do you know what i remember this case from have you ever seen that documentary series evil women yes yeah 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 i remember her episode from that and that is the same kind of daytime trashy Mm. randomly on channel five like i love those things oh my god absolutely oh i'm excited i hopefully we can find it then yes i will get on that i'm sure it'll be online somewhere got to be yeah so i will probably go with the same rating as you i think three out of five really good book really fascinating case just too long (laughs) yep I agree that she is. Uh, I don't know if she gets paid by the word or the page. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's uh, in her mind, it obviously felt important to include all of these details. So I guess. Yeah. It. It's interesting because I read another one of her books a while ago. Um, I read uh, Everything She Ever Wanted. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. The one about um, uh, Tom Allenson. Anyway, yes. Yeah. I read that one. And I remember thinking the same thing at the time. I was almost like, this sounds awful to say, but it's a bit like, will you hurry up and get to the crime? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because no, it was I... just, I, I remember it be a couple of hundreds of pages of background yeah. before it kind of got into what the book was about. And it was like, I don't care. No, this is the, and I don't think it is like crass or anything to, to be that way, because at the end of the day, that's the whole reason you're reading true crime books is for the crime. To find out what happened. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it's not that you're like bloodthirsty. I would say you just want to get to the point of the whole book. Yeah. The whole reason that she did it in the first place was because of the crime. So Yeah. And also I think when you're going in with the background before you get to the crime as well, it makes it hard to tie in what she did and or what, what the person did and why. 
Mm. You almost need to know the details of what happened and then bring in the background information and and yeah. it makes it easier to read it and be like, okay, yeah, that, that kind of feeds into that. And anyway, I couldn't do better, so I will shut up. This is a thing, isn't it? Like there's a reason why she is she is the OG mm. queen of true crime. So Absolutely. And one thing you can guarantee, even if like it's not gonna be you know a short snappy read by any stretch you always know you're going to learn something interesting from an animal book whether it's a case you didn't know or some details you didn't know she's always good absolutely and also um you will never get a more comprehensive version of what happened than by reading an animal book on the topic very true she always does her due diligence and literally speaks to every single person involved in everything (laughs) every aspect of the case yeah even people yeah. that, you know, like neighbours of neighbours or cousins of long distant people that maybe she doesn't need to, but it's fine. It's good for background. Yeah, exactly. So I would recommend reading Small Sacrifices. Um, just, Interesting you title. Know, feel free. Yeah, actually, that's true. I I hadn't thought about that. It is a weird title, isn't it? It's like, well, these, these kids, this is a small sacrifice. Is that the I think it's, well, I think it's because basically she clearly viewed her kids as sort of a, they just got in the way of what she wanted. She well, had I a lot of affairs at work. Yeah. yeah. And she down. was after this man and she knew he didn't want kids. Um, and yeah, I'm guessing it's a, well, the kids are a small sacrifice for her to pay to get the man she wants. The thing that probably is the most upsetting about what you just said is that Knickerbocker doesn't want his name to live on in children. I know, that is devastating. I might legally change mine. I would say, or you could find him, but he might be a bit old by now. But yeah, no, fair enough. Go with Knickerbocker. I think that would suit you, actually. Yeah, I could carry it off. Could you hyphenate it as Knickerbocker Glory? <laughs> Or I'll change my first name to Glory and be Glory Knickerbocker. Oh my God, that's the best name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you you could just become Prime Minister with that name, just on mm. that platform alone. Yeah, well, leave it with me. I'm on it. Fantastic. Okay, well, it's exciting, everyone. Let's watch Sarah's evolution into Knickerbocker. <laughs> so, Sarah, some exciting, interesting surprising news to share with you (laughs) we had our first listener email with a suggestion yay I want to give a shout out to Joanne for sending in her suggestion because not only was it lovely that she took the time to reach out to us but it's also a really good suggestion thank you Joanne seriously really really chuffed and also the thing that always staggers me and Sarah is when someone we don't know listens yeah because we've had a couple of um topic suggestions from people previously but they've been people that we know yeah. Which also is lovely, don't get me wrong, but I'm aware that my friends probably feel obliged to listen. <laughs> yeah, and you'd think the people that know us would have had enough of us. So it is extra impressive when they want to hear more. Yeah. So, but even more impressive is that people who we do not know listen and are nice and then also give us really good advice on topics to try. So Joanne, you are the listener of the month. We could do that as a thing. Yeah, gold star. Well done, Joanne. Um, So just reading Joanne's email, she said, uh, I enjoy your podcast. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you. A theme I would like to hear you discuss is friendship in crime fiction, which is a really interesting one. Some books that I've read that I think are covered by this, so we can't do these once I read them out. Yeah. Maybe we can. Um, The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley, which I have read. Yeah, I loved that. Yep. The Festival by Sarah Norton. I haven't read that. Me neither. And We Are All Liars by Karis Jones. I have read that. I haven't read that. Very good. 
Okay, well, these are great suggestions, Joanne. So clearly there's some that I need to catch up on. Um, And I think that theme, friendship in crime fiction, is always a really interesting one because it could be, you know, it could be a red herring sometimes or it could be the whole reason for the crime. Like, it's always a complex... Friendship in crime is always complex, isn't it? Mm. Thanks for your input, Sarah. That's great. (laughs) No, do you know what? I was just thinking, I I was mulling this over in my head and I was thinking a really good book would be... Don't tell me. Well, no, because I it kind of crosses over with a future theme I want to do, so I won't use it for either. But I was thinking a really good one would be um, uh, what's it called? The one that they did the Netflix series on recently. Uh, you made me watch it. Made me. I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, the one of us is lying. Yes, that was it. That would have been quite a good one because obviously that's very friendship it based. Is. And... I really enjoyed that series actually. For anyone looking for a TV recommendation, if you want to just binge some teen crimey trash murder mystery in a weekend go for one of us is lying because sarah and i both did it i think in like two days it was fantastic my only niggle and i don't think this is a spoiler but cut it out if you think it is my only niggle was that it did all wrap up in a neat bow at the end i really hate when they leave things open for another season i want another season so i'm happy i want another season but i wanted resolution as well i mean there was resolution obviously they they solved it and everything but i yeah i like things wrapped up in a neat bow yeah that's the thing you're a completist yeah clearly well, it's still worth a watch if anyone's looking for something to watch we do recommend that one so absolutely and yeah great topic i am going to have a think about what book to read yes this is exciting because that's the thing there are so many good ones out there about friendships and based in yeah. Friendships. so yeah i'd be shocked if we pick the same one for this category yeah i mean i can't believe that we avoided it both with Anne mm. rule because obviously it's quite a limited pool of of options yes. Um, and also, obviously, the Agatha Christie one. There was only, I think, 10 or so options for yeah, that one. Yeah, no, we're doing well so far. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. I think because we don't have anyone to check for us, we're literally just going to turn up on the day and see what happens. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Adds a bit of suspense. Oh, there you go. It all fits with the theme. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you have a suggestion for a crime book or a theme that you'd like us to cover, please email us at redandberrypodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on any of the social channels or anything like that we're everywhere within reason love your suggestions comments please we love them a lot yeah you can follow us on all the social channels thanks everyone we'll see you next time stay safe thank you bye (laughs) (laughs) bye elsewhere and we made this We dig music. I got given a set of mindfulness cards as a Christmas present. Okay. And um, it's a load of fucking bollocks, it really is. Is, is it like, but, with them being cards, I've got them, like, this image of them being, like, Brian Eno's oblique strategies, but with, like, go and read a book or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but, but so, uh, there's these cards, you, you read them one a day and you're meant to do the tasks. And the task on one day was... Listen to Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) Go and listen to a piece of music that you haven't heard before and listen to it without any prejudice, regardless of genre. And I'm like, have you met me? That isn't possible. (laughs) I do that every day anyway. So I I went and listened to something I hadn't heard before and didn't know what genre it was going to be because it was from um, a set of polls on Twitter. And I listened to this song... It was about someone and obsessive thoughts and worrying they were going to start cutting themselves. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't very mindful. <laughs> Chucky Vision, a Chucky podcast. Yeah, I'm, vague, so. I'm vaguely familiar, familiar with Point Horror. 
Did you ever read any? Maybe as a kid, but I don't know them as well as I do Goosebumps. Right, okay. But um, how do you feel the kind of adaptation from the books to the series worked? Were they direct adaptations of the books or were they more inspired by continuation of? Uh, they were pretty direct, actually. There's like hmm. 60 books or so, or at least in the original run. He always did those, like, Goosebumps 2000 and stuff. Like, he was always updating the titles, which, I mean, God knows what kids are reading these days. I don't know if they're reading the original books. Gotham U, a Batman podcast. I hear what you're saying, and I can't help but think, like, is it just nostalgia that's giving Michael Keaton the pass on this? But also, it's not his fault. Warner no. Brothers came and gave him a check and was like, hey, be Batman. What's he going to do? Say no? No, not at all. And Michael Keaton himself even loved being Batman. Uh, he did an interview not too long ago. I don't remember what the interview was, but he uh, was talking about coming back. And he described why he didn't do Batman forever. And, you know, for years there have been speculations, there have been rumors, and he put it to rest. And what everyone said was true. He just didn't like the direction that Warner Brothers was going with the Bat franchise. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>